This is the We Create podcast. We Create is all about creating a life filled with passion and a quest for purpose and happiness. These episodes are filled with stories of fellow creatives and we are super excited to give you a glimpse into their lives. I am Deidre and I will be your host today. Welcome to the We Create podcast, Michelle. Thank you, Deidre. It's funny sitting on the side. Yeah. Um, I think that it's important to have our listeners hear a little bit of the other side of We Create. So I think you've got a good story to tell and I'd like to share it with our listeners. Okay, thank you. No so, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> let's get started. Um, can you give us a bit of a quick history where you grew up and some of your adventures that followed and where you're currently living? I was uh, brought up and I grew up in, in a leafy suburb in Pretoria. I'm the youngest of three girls, um, and I think it's kind of important to my life story because my sisters figure that I had an easy childhood. <laughs> There's a six and an eight year age difference. Um, normal primary school, high school, I really wanted to travel overseas and live overseas after school, but I realized also that I wanted a real solid university and student life and by first going away I was worried that I might not come back and have formal education. So I did that first, I studied for four years in Patch and then went overseas with qualifications that also meant that I could earn a bit more than I would have just going over after matric. Um, so that saw me working in Taiwan for a year, the travel bug properly bit me I then traveled through Africa for a year as an overland guide, um, then three years in the UK, all sorts of jobs, uh, did uh, art therapy, worked in an advertising agency, all sorts of stuff, and then came back to South Africa for a short while in Pretoria, realized that we always said, well, if we do ever come back to South Africa, we'll live in Cape Town, which we did. So we moved down to Cape Town and I think we've been in Cape Town for about seven, eight years now. But last year, decided the next adventure is ready for us. And we sold up and we currently live on a boat. So that's it, in short. <laughs> so where's your boat currently? The boat is in Naisna, uh, on the Naisna Lagoon. So we sold up a year ago, prepped the boat, which took longer than we thought, purely because we're still working. And we refitted the boat um, in, in Simonstown, and then we sailed her across to Naisna about two weeks ago. So that would be our new home for the next little while. Awesome. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's very nice to have less stuff and a simple life, I have to say. So when you're not making a podcast or sailing a boat, what is it that you do? So I studied business communication and I've always done that and I currently apply marketing and online skills and knowledge to business. So I have my own digital agency. Awesome. What's the name of your agency? It's called Digital Niche. Have you always thought yourself to be a creative? Yes, but I don't think it was and knowing it was more of a feeling. My older sister could 
do ballet. She was a ballet dancer and the middle sister could play piano. So when I was young, I kind of tried it. So I had like two ballet lessons and I tried piano and it was really hard. But what I never realized was they had to learn how to do it. And because of the age difference, I never really understood they struggled at first and then they, yeah, they could do it. So for me, I picked up a pencil and I picked up paint and it was very natural for me. So, um, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about how I learn or how I had to learn how to learn. Um, So I've always been, it was quite easy, yeah. And also grew up in a family where, on a household where my dad was corporate, but he also did photography and he also drew and it's natural. It's always been a thing. When was the first time you thought you could be an entrepreneur? Same thing maybe as being a creative. It's very natural. So I've always had sideline businesses, even when I was young. Um, I painted t-shirts, so I would tie-dye. That's not giving away my age. I would tie-dye t-shirts. It's back again. Um, I would tie-dye t-shirts and then do paintings on them and obviously they're like one of a kind and I would sell it as one of a kind t-shirts so I've always had that um with a slight business angle to it so I would definitely try and sell it or like get orders for specific ones and I would almost say like being an entrepreneur doesn't always mean that you run your own business I've been an entrepreneur in corporate so I think it's a personality thing um so just I don't know if that answers your question. Um, I've always known that I don't necessarily conform, but it's managing that personality within either a corporate environment or making it work for yourself like I'm doing now. I don't, I can't and I don't want to live in a formal work situation. So, yeah, it's kind of been part of my personality. So when did you start Digital Niche? I started, I don't think I ever stopped, really. <laughs> uh, I've always done graphic design on the, on the side. Um, it never had a name. I would send invoices under my name and um, went overseas and did a little bit of graphic design there. And then when we came back from the UK, I really felt an urge and a need to have a photography business. So I've always been into photography. And that was called niche photography but then through the photography I still did design um, and then I left it or it was dormant and I felt again the urge to go independent and it was quite an obvious thing it was a couple of years later and I wanted to work in a digital field with my business so I swapped it around and dropped the photography and then just kind of used my name niche Michelle and then digital niche so I just knew it was time, really. I, I, I learned a lot in the environment I was in and I felt that I needed to service smaller companies with that knowledge and also be the almost translator between bigger agencies and the marketing team in-house. So I really just felt the need and went for it. I thought it's the right time and did it. Well, I'm very grateful that you did because that's how I met you. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who would have known? <laughs> so, further on that question, why start a podcast? 
It sounded like a good idea. I, I love learning. Really like learning makes me very excited. And I really like technology. And then on the flip side of that, I really enjoy radio. When I was young, I would sneakily listen to the late night shows on the radio, put my earphones on, like put the, the volume very, very low down. And although I'm very much a visual person, that one sense that gets stimulated by listening to music or listening to voice, audio, and hearing a story and painting your own vision of what you're hearing is very fascinating and definitely a passion of mine. So I know um, now it's gone digital. So you love podcast, I love podcast, and then how else but to do your own and learn how it works. So that's kind of the, yeah, just why not? This history. Yeah, why not? If it's there, why not? So Nichelle, do you see yourself as a digital nomad? I think for now, yes, definitely. I can't, I can't fight it. It's exactly what I do. I, I, I live in the and work in the digital world, and I have no set fixed address other than a boat. So I'm definitely a digital nomad in that term now. And but funny enough, I've often been in similar situations where I would work remotely, even if I'm full time employed. But definitely for now, I'm embracing the term. <laughs> So what does a normal workday look like to you? It's never the same. It's never Monday to Friday, that's for sure. But let's call it like a, a general normal day would be I um, have a very bad habit, but it works for me to check my emails first thing in the morning because then I know. And uh, I tend to get uh, up earlier than my husband, so it also allows me a little bit of me time with my work before any other distractions. So I have a batch of hours that I would allocate for work in the morning and then maybe a slower later morning um, and then again in the afternoon. So it's, it's really difficult to pinpoint it, but in that work day, which I batch up in 40 minutes per project in a way, um, I would handle inquiries, answer emails, which are often questions or issues from a client, work and develop on websites, digital programs, uh, projects, and in between um, a little bit of product development as well. So I often work with companies on new ideas as well. So it's a, yeah, it's not a set nine to five or eight to four, whatever. It's quite a like flexible, fluid thing that involves a lot of internet work and email work. And then where do you work from mostly? I work from wherever my laptop is and I have a mobile wi-fi internet connection and um, but i also go to co-working spaces coffee shops and i'll for the time in nice now I'm, I'm considering actually renting a little office or day space just to have a set place where i don't have to spend so much time and money and eat so much because I also have a conscious like approach to working in coffee shops. Um, I would never just sit there and drink one cup of coffee and stay there three three hours. I order from the menu, so it's actually quite expensive. But I work either from the boat, a coffee shop, or a slightly more formal office space, like a co-working space. Cool, yeah. So you just said currently in Eisner. Mm-hmm. What are you planning next? What's the plan after Neisner? 
So the background to the decision is we don't have children. We both work fairly flexible hours. We don't need a set location. And that's kind of that, that that's forming the platform of the next few chapters or the next section of our journey. We're going very slowly with our boat from hub to hub. We need to be close to airports to still allow to fly back to Cape Town or to Joburg for meetings or for work. So the next section after these six months in Asna is when weather allows to move up the Indian Ocean Islands, but that final planning will still fall into place. So it looks like we'll go to Madagascar next and then stay there until our visas don't allow us to stay on and then also get out of the cyclone season um, area and then move around so it's it's a very broad plan but the idea is to explore indian ocean islands for the next couple of years sounds incredible (laughs) (laughs) so what does a perfect day look like to you Let's change the topic slightly from work and I guess go into more of a general perfect day. So disclosure, (laughs) I kind of like to work. And also because my work schedule isn't necessarily a nine to five on a Monday to a Friday, my weeks blend into one or my days blend into one so I'll kind of go like a, a, a sometimes a work day can be a perfect day if I really I'm allowed and have opportunity to use my brain and I find a solution for something that's really like it kind of it's right out there that makes me super excited so that would definitely be a perfect day where I can use my body would add to that perfect day so if I can go for a hike or a swim or learn a new skill and go climbing that would also kind of be in that batch of a perfect day and then being exposed to something that triggers my senses would also add to that so it would be a beautiful view or great food for my smell and taste buds and so it's hard for me to say exactly what it would look like from sunrise to sunset um, but I, I, I think a good day would be as where I feel enough of a balance between um, a challenge and relaxing and feeling stimulated that's weird good answer no sure. so where do you find inspiration anywhere from a library to travel to a new country I do think we all get a nice injection from new experiences and that's I think why travel is so important to a lot of people not maybe to everyone but so travel culture flavor sounds music definitely but sometimes something as mundane as going to a mall can really give me inspiration I love to people watch I love to watch how they shop Um, shop displays can inspire me decor shop so yeah it depends on what I need life inspires me what's the most stressful part of your job I think managing expectations especially because I work in digital there's a lot of education and I take it upon myself to try and clarify exactly what we're trying to achieve and to clarify the platforms that we're working in and that it's ever ever evolving 
So I'm finding that quite stressful, other than deadlines and things, that, that's quite manageable, though it's a, it's a daily concern. Um, it is managing expectations. What do a client expect from a certain budget that they put down in an environment that works with algorithms that might change tomorrow morning? And, and making sure that I know enough to help them do that. Or what is your opinion on collaborating? I think collaboration with the right people can create something so magical. And I do think we learn a lot from each other as well. So I'm very pro-collaboration on different levels, as long as it's a good match and clear communication and also clear objectives. And even if that objective is not clear yet, be clear about that. So we don't know where this is going, but these are... Um, what this is what we're trying to do so i'm very much pro for it as long as there's clear communication and a very good match in achieving something um because it's all about responsibility at the end of the day but collaboration is great i think good things can come from that so the next question is something that i've been thinking about a lot um and i'm very curious as to what do you perceive success to be I perceive success to be happiness and knowing that what that means for you and that you realize it's a journey and that whatever makes you happy and speaking your truth will bring you happiness. It's the one thing I've always known about my life is I'll try and make the right decision for me, not from an egocentrical place, but for that's all I have. I can only do it from my gut. It's all I've got. And through that, I believe that I'm doing the right thing and it will have a positive influence. That's all I've got. I can't do it for anybody else. I'm not speaking my own truth. And it's sometimes really tough to listen to that gut. And I think if you can do that that's what's given me happiness and the times where I've not done that and I've questioned my gut or I've questioned or I've done something for whatever like society or what I thought was expected it blows up in my face so surely that should be having a successful journey like you're happy Whatever, like if you're happy in that job or if you're happy in changing jobs or if you're happy being married or not being married or with or without children or whatever, it's finding that happiness should be seen as success. Yeah, I agree. So tell us about some of the things that bring you joy. Tell us about some of your hobbies and interests. I really have quite a lot and I'm like sometimes make myself quite tired with all the hobbies so that was also part of this letting go of a lot of things and selling the house and selling a lot of what was seen as my hobbies a lot of things bring me joy um, and I think for now I'm enjoying being physically active I had a knee injury and I'm moving around that and being able to still just enjoy I can't run but hey I can hike and I can do other things so just traveling as a whole, meeting new people. I'm really finding joy in this podcast, to be honest. <laughs> like listening to other people's stories, learning how to listen 
better to get the story out. Um, yeah, so I'm enjoying that. I'm still enjoying my work. I'm enjoying the change of lifestyle. There's a lot, yeah, lots of hobbies. So if you could choose a superpower, <laughs> what would you choose? If you want options, I can give you options. I'm hoping you'll say invisibility. <laughs> You're not getting that from me. Flat or invisibility? Flat. Definitely. I think that would be fun. Super strength or reading minds? I think... I want to go reading minds. Yeah. And not for my own power. It's just to understand others better. Not to, yeah, not to kind of get into their minds. It's like, why are you doing that? They okay, I get it. So yeah, because I, I think curious, curious, and really just to. I don't actually like conflict. I like a good debate, but I don't like conflict. So if I can kind of get where you're coming from and kind of get your headspace, I can get us to get along. And so it would be interesting to read minds for that purpose, not to know things about you that I don't want to know. <laughs> it's more the understanding of somebody's mind. I'm glad you chose that. <laughs> um, sunrise or sunset? I really want to choose both <laughs> and skip the in-between, <laughs> like skip the rest of the day. Um, no, it's very difficult. Do I have to choose? I really, really, really want to choose both, but I'm, I'm a morning person. I'm a morning person, so I would go, if I had to, if you hold a knife against my neck, I would go sunrise because it's so crisp and new and not everybody's awake and it feels quite special. The golden hour, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely sunrise. Burger or pizza? Burger. Wine or beer? Wine. Beer fills me up. Like three sips of a nice cold beer and then I'm done. <laughs> like wine. <laughs> If you had a big budget to organize a party, what would you do? What is the perfect party? I'll go with flying <laughs> to a lot of... So I, would, I would do like, a, like a, a, a week trip around different places and then have mini parties everywhere. <laughs> or... Just proving that you don't need a big budget, like what happened with very recently this past weekend, um, serendipity kind of got the better of us and we had an amazing party that we never planned. It's just the right people at the right time. Okay, yeah, you don't need a big budget for an awesome party. It's true. Mm -hmm. Do you have any hidden talents or skills, something that people don't know about you? <laughs> So I, I, I don't know what people don't know about me because I, I don't know what you don't know about me. But I do walk around with fully choreographed dances in my head. <laughs> A few songs that I would listen to and I can totally see the whole dance being played out. Yeah, I don't think... And it's hard to explain because I can't tell you exactly what it would look like, but I don't think a lot of people know that. And then I collected old 
crayfish and crab and seashells and things although I lived in Pretoria so every time we went to the beach or on a beach holiday I would bring these ice cream containers filled with them and like watch them and I would sometimes wet them to see the movement and then I would like like let them dry out and like I experimented with them until one stormy summer afternoon we had a thunderstorm and my bedroom curtains smashed them all to pieces yeah and that was the end (laughs) of that hobby (laughs) oh dear Thank you so much for chatting to me, Michelle. How can people contact you if they wanted to get hold of Digital Niche? So Digital Niche is online, um, digitalniche.co.za and digital underscore niche on Instagram. I'm pretty active on social media, although I don't post all my stuff there. There's a good trace of what I'm up to. And then um, for the sailing journey, Sailing Pluto, Um, We'll have its own website and we do a few YouTube videos on the site as well, just for family and friends. So if people are interested in having a simple laugh on the water, they can follow that. And then, of course, there's the We Create podcast. Yep. If you want to chat to me or Nichelle, (laughs) that's the place to do that. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for letting me sit on this side and being interviewed. It's fun. And, And thank you for saying yes to starting a podcast with me it's been great fun we over halfway and it's been a very good learning curve it has been thank you for the journey